So it's an exciting day. Every time the Lord puts a word in my heart to release, I just get so excited and I want to share with you. I was so excited as I was just putting the words together um, on my notes. I'm going to talk to you about my excitement about giving. Giving is so close. I wouldn't be here today if it weren't for having the privilege of giving. So let me pray for you. Lord, I just thank you. Let these words go forth and hit every target. Father, I just pray, even those who have, um, there are some, Lord, that are not understanding or confused or in doubt or been on the fence or just very faithful. God, you're just going to do something special for everybody. And I thank you for the blessings that are going to go out today, God. I thank you for the commitments. I thank you for how you're going to speak to your people and give us the opportunities to stand under a window of heaven that's going to open. <laughs> I bless you for it, God. So I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk about honoring the Lord in our giving and receiving benefits. When I was a little girl, I, you know, I shared a lot of my testimony with you about my disability. But my father died when I was four years old, left four children and a poor mother with eighth grade education. Didn't have a college education, couldn't get a good job. We were on welfare. I remember the day that I learned we were on welfare. I was just a child and I felt so humiliated. I remember standing in the door at the front door, looking out the window thinking, I'm on welfare. I, I just, I, I was just a child, but I felt so diminished as a person. Let me tell you something about that little woman, Williette. She was one of the greatest givers that I ever knew. Even though my mother was on welfare raising four children in West Oakland, I never knew what a secondhand clothing store was because my mother was a giver. I was probably 14 years old in church singing in the choir. One of my friends had on a cute dress and I said, where did you get that dress? She said, Value Village. I said, what's that? I didn't even know what a secondhand store was. My mother was a giver. My mother had credit cards for her children to buy clothes. My sister and I, JC Pennies, my mother would park in the parking lot, give me her credit card with a note. Y'all, I was in elementary school. <laughs> I would take that note up to the credit department. She said, take it up there, give it to the lady at the credit department, and they'll let you charge. I'd give them the note, go downstairs, pick out my clothes, my shoes for school, charge everything, come back with the receipts, and get in the car, and mama would drive me home. So y'all never heard of anything like this, huh? <laughs> You're looking at me like, say, what? Yeah. My brother's charge card for Smith's department store. Y'all, now that's back in the day. Now a lot of y'all haven't heard about Smith's. My brothers wore all their clothes from Smith's. We didn't have used shoes. We didn't have it because mama was a giver. God always made a way. God always made provision because she had a right to go to the throne of God and ask Jehovah Jireh to meet every need for her children. I can remember days when mama didn't have food. Now, I told you my daddy died when I was four. I was a baby. We were four, six, eight, and ten. My mother had an eighth grade education. I remember her sitting us around the table. Now, she was a preaching machine. She preached all over the Bay Area. She raised up sons and daughters. A whole lot of the churches in the Bay Area, especially in East Oakland and Oakland, my mama raised those pastors. They got saved in her revivals and went out and planted churches. My mom and dad were church planters. And so... I can remember her saying, come on, children, sit down at the table. We'd sit down at the table. The table was all set with dishes, forks, glasses, napkins, but there was no food on the table. 
She said, bow your head. Let's thank God for the food. <laughs> we obeyed mama. She was 4'11 by 4'11. If mama slapped you, you might see Jesus. <laughs> we bowed our heads and mama began to thank God and worship God. She was a giver. She worshiped God and thanked God for the food. And I kid you not, there would be a knock at the door. I can remember the man bringing in boxes and bags of groceries. I remember another time mama said, sit down, thank God for the food. There was no food. She was thanking God and worshiping God and praising God. And there was a knock at the back door. We had a little Italian landlady that lived upstairs. The woman brought down a pot of chicken feet soup. Wow. I said, my Lord and my God, we were sucking between the toes and... <laughs> Mama was a giver. Mama flew all over the U.S. She ran revivals. That's how we started raising up lineages in Arkansas in the South. My mother broke that ground. She ran revivals in the South. Mama baked cakes and mama baked pies. Mama had one of those little baby strollers that she filled with those little individual sized sweet potato pies. And she'd go down to the post office and they'd come out buy everything in the stroller. The church people bought everything and put their orders in. Mama was a giver. She never failed to give. She never failed to tithe. And God never prevailed, never failed to meet the needs of her house. There was a pastor in Oakland. The man took sick. He was one of her spiritual sons. Now, see, you, you can see why I'm excited about giving. I just want this to be contagious. There was a pastor who took very ill, and he called Mama. Mama went and started running revival at the church, but she knew he was behind in his mortgage. Mama had a fundraiser, paid off the pastor's church mortgage. Paid it off. Mama was a giver. She was a giver. See, you're learning a lot this morning. How did I learn how to give? How did I get so excited about giving? Mama was a giver. When I became fully disabled and I lost my job, that was one of the hardest things in life I ever had to face because I wanted more for my children than Mama could give us. See, I started working at 13. I brought home checks and, and now, Y'all, I'm, I'm glad I'm beyond the age that they can put me in jail. But see, I, I was driving at 13. <laughs> Mama had a friend up in the Oakland Hills who took care of special needs men. And I wanted a job. So she hired me for the summer. I got in Mama's car. Mama taught, somebody taught me how to drive. Mama didn't know how to drive. When she learned it, it was real scary. I sat on a pillow and looked through the steering wheel, got on 580 freeway, took off, took um, off by Nolan Park, went up there to Sister Good, Good, Goodlow, Sister Goodlow's house, <laughs> did everything she told me to do, took care of changing beds, washing down plastic sheets, vacuuming, mopping, I was 13. I was 13, helping her cook, doing laundry, whatever. And sometimes I was a kid. I'd fall, sit somewhere and fall asleep. So it's a good Lord, let me take a good nap. She didn't wake me up. She didn't bother me. I took half of what Sister Goodlow gave me. I paid my tithes, and then I gave half to Mama. Mama was a giver. There are generational blessings that you cannot receive unless you give. Oh my goodness, don't make me turn a flip up here. I'm telling you, there are so many benefits to giving, and I haven't gotten to the scriptures yet. I'm going to give you the word of God. So many benefits, but I'm going to give you some testimony first. Somebody needs just a, a little more strengthening. So I was singing for uh, uh, East West Coast prayer meeting, prayer, big prayer service. We were at the Marriott in um, Dublin. And I did not know that there was a shortfall for covering all the expenses, thousands of dollars. I didn't know that. 
Well, the night before we went to the service, they had asked my husband and I to be two people that took the offering that day. And I'm thinking, I don't do offerings, but okay, whatever they say, Lord, you have to speak to me. In the middle of the night, the Lord woke me up. He said, you're going to give $3,000. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> yes, you are. I said, God, if this is you, tell him. He said, you tell him. This is me. You're going to give $3,000. And I'm wrestling because we were staying in the hotel. That's another testimony. Because we had had a flooding in our house, and the insurance was putting us up in the hotel, and I had insurance money in the account. In the account. And God said, you're going to give $3,000. And I wrestled and wrestled, came to my senses and said, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We got up to take the offering, and we, I kind of shared a little bit, shared what the Lord said. And I said, we're starting with $3,000. Everybody was like, because, you know, the big-time offering raisers, we're going to give $1,000. We're going to give $1,000. We're going to give this. We're going to give $3,000. And I challenged the people because I heard God. I heard God. God said, tell the people, and I'm telling you, whatever he tells you to give, don't be afraid. Just give it. Just give it. One widow woman gave her whole month's income. The people began to give like the Holy Spirit was in the room and the hearts of people were open to obey. And they began to give. When all the money was counted, she had over more than what she needed. All she could do, I remember her sitting down on the front row and just lowering her head in reverence to God. Because it was such a miracle. It was such a miracle. When we obey God in our giving, we position ourselves in receive position. We position ourselves. Whatever he said, there was a woman who got out of jail. She got saved in my service. 21-year heroin addiction. God set her free when we laid hands on her. She got out, went into a church. They called me, said, She's going to come in as a pastor. We're raising her up when it was time to raise her up. We want to ordain her as a pastor. She asked if you would assist. I went to the ordination service, assisted with the ordination service. We're sitting down in the dining room afterwards. And I had a beautiful sterling silver uh, cross that I bought off a jeweler in Mexico in a fine jewelry store. It wasn't for sale. It was on her neck. I said, I want that cross. She said, uh-uh. This is not for sale. I just took some money out and put it on the counter and said, give it to me. <laughs> she sadly took it off her neck and gave it to me. And you know what God said? I'm sitting with this woman out of my service. Give it to her. <laughs> uh-uh, I ain't giving her my cross. Lord, you know what I went through. I, I had to really work that woman to get this cross. I ain't giving her, wait a minute, I got in my car and started driving home. You talking about conviction of the Holy Ghost. I mean, he did everything but beat me down. <laughs> I got home, I called her, can we meet for lunch tomorrow? I got something for you. <laughs> we met for lunch, and I took it off my neck and gave it to her. You should have seen the tears. This was a big time. She was the, the shot caller. It just broke her, and God said, you're just seasoning her for the ministry. I was her spiritual mother. And so to, for the gift to come from me, what a difference it made, giving, giving. You can never outgive God. I'm going to tell you one more thing, and then I'm going to read some scriptures to you. During that time that we were out of the house, I now, I, before the flood happened, there was some work that needed to be done, and I had the nerve to be standing there in the downstairs bathroom and praying. I said, God, will you just fix our house? Fix our house. And a pipe broke. 
and it <laughs> didn't happen immediately, but within a week, and we had to go out to a hotel, and the insurance had all this stuff that they had to fix our house and pay for. Won't go down. Now he'll answer your prayers when you're a giver. Come on now. I had a right to ask God to make that insurance company fix our house. And they paid and paid and paid. Then there was a, another serious problem outside. And that outside problem was going to cost another $7,000. And we didn't have it. And they said because it's outside, the insurance won't cover it. Even my beloved husband of 47 and a half years, baby, the insurance is not going to cover that. That's outside. I said, baby, yes, they are because I'm fasting and praying. He said, all right then. <laughs> The insurance company covered it. Why? I'm a tither. And then, have you ever had an insurance agent to say, what else can we cover for you? <laughs> the benefits, I'm telling you, these benefits only come with obedience to God. The benefits only come with obedience to God. I'm going to read some of the scriptures. Uh, Proverbs 3, you know that passage. My son, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life worth living and tranquility and prosperity, the wholeness of life's blessings, they will add to you. Now, this is the word of God. This is talking about wisdom. These are the rewards of wisdom. Let me put these on. Do not let mercy, kindness, and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Wear them securely around your neck like a necklace. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart, all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight and understanding. Bam, I can't afford to tithe. When I get a little more income, when I get a good job, I'll tithe. I can't. See how the devil tricks the people of God? Don't rely on your own understanding. You can't afford not to give. That's what you can't afford to do. In all your ways, acknowledge, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. Listen to this. It will bring health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. Now, why did I give you all of this? Because he's building you up to tell you how to get it. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And with the first fruits of all your crops, your income, we learned if you get a dollar, God gets a dime. And that's not including the offering. We're going to get to that. But that's just a tithe. And, and with excitement. Now, I was preparing my notes to come and meet with you. And I said to my husband last night, baby, I, I hear the Lord saying for us to sow into lineage. And he looked at me, he said, okay. I said, $1,000. He said, yes, okay. So I don't know what you did with the check. You put it in the box. It's in the box. Obey God quickly, quickly. I mean, there's the blessing in obeying God quickly. He says, then your barns will be abundantly filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. Then your barns will be abundantly filled and your vats will overflow with new wine. It's when I obey God in my giving. That's when, that's when I get blessed. Now, there are two times in scripture. I have to share this with you. Don't let me turn a flip up here because I'm telling you, I'm getting excited. There are two times in scripture when God opened up the windows of heaven and poured out. Now, the first time was in Genesis 7. The Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, all your household, get baby, all their kids, get your, your family, all seven of them, everybody get into the ark. Let me just unpack this a little bit. I'm thinking about time. I want you to get seven of the clean animals with the mates and get a couple of the unclean with the mates, get everything, get into the ark. 
because I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something. Well, what on earth is rain? Noah never heard of rain. It had never rained on the earth. Noah had enough sense to just obey God. See, too many times we want God to explain it to us. You got some explaining to do, God. Tell me why. God is not interested in your little peewee Herman self talking about God, tell me why. Help me to understand. Who do you think you are to talk back to God? Noah got his behind in that ark. He started building, and God shut the door. There's a scripture. If you can put it up on the screen for me, I want you to put up Genesis 7 and the 10th verse. Genesis 7 and the 10th verse. Now, we know it rained for 40 days, and I'm reading, actually, the Amplified Virgin, but that's fine. It, um, no, if you can give me the Amplified Version, give me the Amplified Version if you can. So I, I'm just teaching you today. I'm just, I want this excitement to just be so contagious. And with a lot of you, it already is. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. In the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. This is the one, the first place that God opened up the windows of heaven and it rained 40 days and 40 nights. Everything living, breathing on the earth died. Yeah. Amen. It was the window of doom that opened up. The rain came down. They were disobedient. They were unrighteous. Noah, y'all the only ones righteous. Build an ark, get in it. I'm going to protect the righteous. Somebody get this. There is a protection for the righteous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, there's another window the church knows about. And I'm going to go to that window now. That was a window of doom. We look at the window in Malachi, the third chapter. But I'm going to build you up to this window. I'm starting at the third chapter. Behold, I'm going to send my messenger. He will prepare and clear the way for me. And the Lord, the Messiah, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he's like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap, which removes impurities and uncleanliness. And he will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the sons of Levi. Hold on to Levi for me. Will you do that? The priest. And refine them like gold and silver so that they may present to the Lord what? Offerings. Grain offerings. I'm going to wash them up. I'm going to wash them clean. I'm going to scrub them clean. Grain offerings in what? Righteousness. That's what he's looking for. Us giving offerings, tithes, in the spirit of righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as the days of old and as in ancient years. Then I will come near you for judgment. I will be swift, a swift witness against sorcerers, adulterers. Now all this in the category, where we look at Malachi, those who are in disobedience with their giving. That's what Malachi come bringing stuff to the Lord that wasn't their best. Get your sick chicken. Let's give that to God. Y'all got some spotted calves that can be sacrificed? Go get, go get those. We ain't giving God our best. See, this sometimes, if we don't be careful in the church, and I'm glad this is going out because I'm not talking to anybody in the house. I know y'all doing good. Amen. Mm. There may be those that I'm talking to that really need to get a grip and hear what the Lord is saying in the scriptures in all these areas. I'll be swift witness against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who oppress the laborers for his wages, uh, and the widows and the fatherless, and against those who turn away from alien, from the right, um, from his right, and those who do not fear me 
with awe-filled reverence. Now, he's, what is he talking about? He's talking about giving, says the Lord of hosts. For I am the Lord, I do not change, but remain faithful to my covenant with you. That is why you, O sons of Jacob, have not come to an end. Now, wait a minute. What are the people saying? Jesus, what are the, how are the people going to take all of this? Yet from the days of your fathers, you have turned away from my statutes and ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? We don't get it. We thought we were saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Do speak in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance. Baptized with fire, hallelujah. <laughs> no, return to me. I, I don't get it. Jesus, unpack that. How do I return to you? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. I'm just reading you the word. I came to unpack it. Yet you are robbing me, but you say, in what way have I robbed you? Listen to what God said in tithes and offerings. You have withheld. Now, verse 9, verse 9, put up verse 9 and 10 for me. And this is the Amplified. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation is cursed. This is what God said. All of y'all are cursed because you are robbing me. Bring all the tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. Now, okay, Jesus, test me in this. Test me. Jesus is saying, put me to the test, hallelujah, and see if I won't open up for you the windows, these are the second windows of heaven, and pour out for you so great a blessing until there is no more room to receive it. I'm talking about some spillover blessings. Then I will rebuke the devourer, insects, plagues for your sake, and I will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in your field drop its grapes, its harvest, says the Lord of hosts. All nations shall call you happy and blessed. For you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. God says, give your tithes and offerings. Give what I tell you to give and prove me. Watch me do it. But that's what mama did. That's what I learned to do. Just watch me do it. Watch me do it. God has an obligation to tithers. Now, I got to go to the 13th verse. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. See, the people started talking. But you say, what have we spoken against you? You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it if we keep his ordinances and walk around like mourners before the Lord of hosts? See, this is the people. So now we call the arrogant happy and blessed. Evildoers are exalted and prosper, and when they test God, they escape unpunished. Absolutely not foolishness. You don't escape unpunished when you don't obey God. In other words, nobody is exempt. See, this is the word of the Lord. If you can get this area right in your life, and I'm talking to others, there are others online, if you can get this area right in your life, you'll see some healings take place. You'll see some things move out of your way that had you blocked for many years. You'll see your house get in order. When you get these things right before the Lord, nobody is exempt. The devil's lie is you on a fixed income, you're exempt. No, devil, you go back to hell. God said, bring that tithe to the storehouse. Look at that poor little woman in what, Mark the 12th or the 14th chapter, somewhere around there, gave the widow's might to less than a penny. And, and Jesus said, wait a minute, y'all, y'all running around here with Rolex watches and everything. That little girl gave everything she had. She gave more than all of y'all put together. She gave it from her heart. She gave it with joy. I can just see that sister didn't have nothing left, but I'm going to obey God. I see her shouting into the storehouse. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to victory land. I'm going to worship God in my giving. Hallelujah. 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 I see her worshiping God. 
Hallelujah. If we can get in our spirit a worship and a step when it's time to give. Too many times when it's time to give. I grew up in the church. Offering time, they fled the sanctuary. Mm, mm, mm. And God said, this is what I'm going to do. He goes on through 16. I'm going to have a book of remembrance. And those that have had the attitude of reverence and respect and who esteem my name, they will be mine, says the Lord. Wow. I'm, I'm just giving you the word of the Lord. That's my possession. Those are my treasures. They will be mine, says the Lord. Now, I got to touch on Hebrews, the seventh chapter. See, there's something that I learned about Melchizedek, and it just, it blessed me so, it just blessed me to pieces. Now, Melchizedek, that's a whole, I'm not going to even try and break down who the brother was. A priest in the order, of, Jesus was a, a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek didn't even have a lineage. Who was his mama? Who was his daddy? Where did he come from? But he was. Now, in Hebrews 7, Abraham had come in from battle. And there was Brother Melchizedek. Abraham came in from, Abraham was a giver. He came in from battle, and he ran into Melchizedek. Melchizedek said, wait a minute, Abraham, stop a minute. Just let me bless you. Let me bless you. And he, Melchizedek blessed him, and, and Abraham said, wait, let me give my tithe. Let me give you a tenth of everything that I've picked up in battle. Let me give you a, a tenth of all that I've brought back from the battle. I want to give you something. Melchizedek received the tithe from Abraham. Where are you going with that, Bishop? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I want to go to Hebrews 7. And I got to get the right verse 9 Hebrews 7 and 9 Now Melchizedek wasn't of the Levitical wasn't of the Melchizedek who is not from the Levitical ancestry received a tithe from Abraham who was in that ancestry but listen to this in the ninth verse a person might even say that Levi now, remember I told you to hold on to Levi, the father of the priestly tribe. Now, y'all know about the 12 tribes. There was one priestly tribe himself who received tithes, paid tithes. It was the priest's job to receive the tithes from all the brethren, from everybody. He received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham. Now, somebody hold me because this is just straight up sick stuff. The father of all Israel and of all who believe. For Levi was still in the loins, unborn of his forefather Abraham, when Melchizedek met him, met Abraham. In other words, Levi paid tithes to Melchizedek while he was still in Abraham's loins. Don't turn a flip, girl, all right. When my great, when my grandfather, my mother's father, built the first African-American Episcopal Church in Kingsland, Arkansas, and started tithing into that church that he pastored, I paid tithes into that church because I was still in the loins of my forefather. Let me tell you something, church. What you're doing now, you're giving now, is going to affect your generations to come. It's going to affect everybody around you. Everywhere you go, the people are going to say, this person is blessed. Whatever this person has, I need some of that. Can you imagine that? Talk about a generational blessing. Too many times we hear about generational curses. But what about the generational blessings? What about those things that God has for you that you don't even know anything about happen, but God is blessing you and prospering you because somebody in your lineage obeyed God and did something right. Hallelujah. I'm going to wrap it up. That one, that one was too hot to handle. I'm telling you. 
Levi paid tithes. I have to say it one more time. And then I'm going to pay tithes to the priest Melchizedek when he was still in Abraham's loins. God counted it on, on his behalf as righteousness. My goodness gracious. Hallelujah. When you don't honor God in this way, there's a hole in your bucket. It's never going to get sealed up. The way to seal it up, you got to decide which window am I going to be under. Am I under the Genesis 7 window? Unrighteous. Or am I going to be under the Malachi 3 windows? And it's windows plural. Won't he bless you in so many ways? I can go to the throne of God. When I was praying for my healing, you know what I told God? It's my benefit to be healed. I'm a tither. It's my benefit, God. I'm a tither. I've obeyed you, God. When we go, you know, I tell my husband many times, we're going to buy stuff. We were going to get the equipment from the church. Baby, we're tithers, and we don't pay the world's prices. When we finished negotiating and talking to folks down, they were glad to get us on out the door with over $10,000 of equipment. When we bought our cars and I started messing with them, uh-uh, that doesn't look right. Take that back. Bring us another offer. What can you do? We're, t- you know, we're tithers. You know, the world doesn't get to rob us. Mm-mm. Came back with the right numbers. We both drove home that night with two new cars. We're tithers. Somebody in the church got jealous. Well, why did you have to have two cars? Because God said. Because God said. I wasn't working. Let me go. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm almost finished. I uh, years ago, uh, my car broke down, and I was trying to get to Santa Rita to do my chapel services. And our aunt loaned me her car for a night, and then, of course, she need, wanted it back. So I said, okay, just let me use it. I'm going, just let me use it one more time. I'm going down to the Honda dealership. I'll be back. Now, my husband was laid off his job, Sun Microsystems. They had that big layoff in, what was it, the 80s or whatever it was, 90s. My husband was laid off his job. I, I was disabled in the 90s. I hadn't had it, had been able to work in years. When the, the um, agent came out to the parking lot, I was over there laying hands on a car and praying. <laughs> she said, hi, how you doing? I said, I'm fine. I'm laying hands on this car. I'm praying. She said, who are you? Pastor Diane. Oh, you're a pastor. Yes, yes. I want this car. She said, well, let's go in and see what we can work out. Sat in her office, told her what my situation was. Husband not working. I'm not working. But I want this car. She said, well, let me go get the manager. You don't know all of this. She brought the manager out there and said, this, this is Pastor Diane. We're on the floor of the dealership. Um, what, Mission in Hayward? On the floor of the dealership. You know what I said to the manager? Can I pray for you? I laid hands on that man and prayed. In the name of Jesus. We picked the car up the next morning, didn't we, baby? Come on now. Everybody ought to be shouting. You have a right. You have a right. God said, Test me in this and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings. God has an obligation to you when you obey him in your giving, in your tithes, in your offerings, and any other giving. Now, I'm going to share with you one more giving that is close to my heart. Because, see, I struck something. We struck something in the spirit realm that has blessed us phenomenally when we started giving an apostle's love offering. We started giving an apostle's love offering. This is in Philippians 4, and I'm going to give you the scripture for this too. This is how I see this passage. And I'm going to start at Paul talking in Philippians 4. I'll start at the 13th verse because I'm trying to reel this thing in. I can do all things 
which he has called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. That's a testimony. Nevertheless, it was right for you to share with me in my difficulties. It was right for you to break off something for me. It was right for you to see that I have a mortgage too to pay. It was right for you to see that I got to pay my water bill too. I mean, okay, he was in prison, house arrest. But you know what I'm saying? Let me make this a little more modern. I'm at the 15th verse. And you Philippians know that in the early days of preaching the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once from my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself. Now catch this. Put this up, up there, can you? This is Philippians 4, 17. If you can get this, get this in your spirit. Paul said, this ain't for me. You're giving it to me. It's going to meet some natural needs. But let me turn this. Let me flip this and help you understand what you're really doing. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I do seek the profit for increases to your heavenly account, the blessings which is accumulating for you. Y'all didn't get that. In other words, because you have sown into the apostle, there is a blessing for sowing in to the apostle. But I have received everything in full and more. I am amply supplied, having received from Aphroditus the gifts you sent me. They are a fragrant aroma of an offering and acceptable sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. Now listen, verse 19, and my God will liberally supply. <laughs> Fill until full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Someone stopped by once just to bring me, just a visit, and they were in a crippling condition, and they gave me a check. I wanted, you, I wanted to come and give you a little love offering, and it wasn't much, and I just embraced them and said, oh, this is an apostle's love offering. Now, my God, I'm removing your faith from your circumstances. I'm taking you into an apostolic level of faith. Now, my God, that's what Paul did. Now, my God is going to meet your need according to his riches and glory. I raised that woman up, and she danced all over, did jumping jacks, that came in there barely able to move. Worship God all over my living room for at least an hour ran down the stairs and jumped in the car when it was time to leave. Why, my God. I, I just, my, my encouragement to you. See, I, I get excited about this because I know what God does. My encouragement to you, ask God what to give. I know you're in a season of giving. What are you supposed to give into the church? What are you supposed to give into your apostles? See, let me take you another level. We started giving, when we first started giving to our apostle, I'm going to give you a good laugh. Ooh, we couldn't afford it, but God said give it. Let me tell you, the only way we were able to give it, God touched our apostle's heart and said give it back to them every month. That was the only way we were able to give it. <laughs> when that check came back, I was like, thank you so much, Jesus. Write another check, send it. That was the only way God knew we obeyed. Now we can send it, and you don't have to send it back, because now, I, hallelujah, hallelujah. And then we started sowing, I have to tell it, into our archbishop. Hit a target in the spirit realm, that's just crazy stuff. Talk about blessings and increase like you never even thought or imagined, not just finances, but in all areas because God said to do it. 
And when God said that to, that last night, give a thousand, hallelujah, wrote that check. And I can't wait because see, Liberty, at the beginning of the year, we give our first fruits offering. And God has told me what to give and sowing it into my archbishop. I'm so excited. So let me pray for you. I, I just, I pray, stand up and, and just pray and receive. Has this encouraged you, house? <laughs> I only bring you what God says bring you. Why? Because it'll break you free. It'll take you to the next level. It'll put you under the right window and you'll receive all that God has for you to receive. So honoring the Lord and the obedience of giving has incredible benefits. Choose the window of blessings and stay under it. Obedience and giving your tithes and offerings brings even generational blessings. So into your apostles, you'll hit a target in the spirit realm that will bring great blessings. We all know what Luke said, give and it will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over with no space left for more. For with the standard of measure you use, you will do to others. It will be measured to you in return. Little giving, little return. No giving, no return. And you're under the wrong window. Obedience giving. Prove, God said, prove me. Watch me do it. Watch me do it. So God, I just, I pray a blessing over this house and oh, even over those that are listening online, God. They're going to so like, they're, they're, they're going to so, Lord God, like, because their ears are open now and attentive to hear what you're telling them to do. They're going to sow without fear. <laughs> they're going to sow in excitement. They're going to sow, Lord God, because they want to obey you in every area of their life. And, and I pray a blessing over those that, Lord, are sowers. Increase and do not decrease, says the Lord. In the name of Jesus. And God, those who are still a, a little bit out of, out of whack, God, let them grab this contagious faith. And let them move out and move into faith. Like Peter getting out of the boat, the blessing was on the water, not in the boat. You're going to move some out. And you're going to bless and bless and bless and bless because of our righteous obedience. And I hear the Lord who you you have spoken to me so clearly. You said 2024 is the year of increase. The year of increase. So God, we bless this house with increase. We bless our lineage with increase. We bless our families with increase. We bless everything attached to us with increase. Increase and do not decrease. In the name of Jesus, Jeremiah 29, 6. Do not decrease. Be blessed more than you can ask, think, or imagine. And most of all, have the courage. I release courage. Whatever God tells you to sow. Do it and watch God do it. Watch God perform on your behalf. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I married Benjamin, uh, his grandmother was sick and she passed away. And it was my first black funeral that I've attended. And it was a big church. It was hundreds of people were there. And the funeral lasted more than four hours. And as a Korean, I did not. I'm like, what's going on? But it wasn't religious. You know why it went that long? Because there were big, like, bishops and pastors in line. And they just had to share. They came from all over to honor Mama. And one, these were all just they're pastors and one by one they said I was a little boy in line to receive a cookie from a cookie lady did you know mama made cookies every week once a week once a month all the time and and people would just stand in line and she would just pass it out and she would be the light 
And so many people got saved. And not just saved, but became ministers of the gospel. And as I heard mom preaching, I'm like, man, you know, I didn't have that kind of lineage above. It wasn't so righteous. But through a marriage covenant, I, I entered into that loin when his great-grandfather. <laughs> but what a privilege that we could start that lineage by obeying God and trusting in him. Isn't that amazing? Can we give with joy? And I want you to ask, God, I want to obey whatever you say. I want you to listen to the voice of God. And when you hear, don't ask why. Just obey. Amen? And I want to ask you for a favor. Can you help me this week? Raise your hand if you're going to help me. Only if you're going to be here next week. God gave me a word. I'm going to be preaching next week. But I want to ask some of the intercessors to join me in fasting. The sense that I, that I have is this. As you obey, God is opening the window of heaven, right? And what I sense is the places in your life where you feel stuck will get unstuck next Sunday. So you know how when you ask, what do you want me to give? And you prepare. I want you to prepare. Okay, What's the area where I want to be unstuck? That's how you're going to prepare. Show me the area where you're going to unstuck me, Lord. And as God, and I want you to lift it up every day. God, Thank you that you are going to release breakthrough in my life in this area. And I want you to fast and pray about that very place where you feel unstuck. I want you to fast and pray. And I want you to come next Sunday with expectancy for breakthrough in that very area where you're believing for breakthrough. Amen? Will you lift your hands? Father, I thank you for your sons and daughters that are here. God, we've heard your word. God, will you remove every fear out of our hearts and our minds, Lord, that it is good for us to obey you because there are benefits that you want to release upon us. Obedience, when you ask for obedience, you're giving us an opportunity so that we could be positioned to receive, Lord. So fear be gone. Unbelief, doubt be gone in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, as a house, Lord. We are entering into a season of obedience, season of breakthrough, season of blessings, God. Thank you, Lord, that it is fun, it is easy to obey your voice. We love you, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen? Amen. God bless you. And if you need any prayer, uh, Mama and Papa are here and our intercessors are here and we want to pray with you. Amen? God bless you.